All right, legends. Uh, this is the Gym Boss Podcast. I'm Jimmy. I'm your host as always. And uh, this is everything, you know, business, marketing, mindset, uh, business development, anything to help grow your fitness business, grow your gym. And uh, as always, before we even roll into anything, if you just want somebody to handle your marketing and get your leads so you can grow your business, get more clients, do all that good stuff. So then you can focus on what you do best, which is being in the gym and training your clients and and uh, training your staff, then head on over to IWantGymLeads.com. That's IWantGymLeads.com. You can go over there. I've recorded a short little video for you. And if you like what you see, schedule a time to speak with yours truly, and we can talk about how we can do all that stuff for you. Right. Now that's out of the way, I've got a super awesome guest on today. Uh, Mick Byrne, he is a longtime friend of mine. We actually have been mates from back in the day with my sales days. So you guys hear me speak about my days doing door-to-door selling. Mick and I were in the trenches together, shoulder to shoulder, going to battle each day, doing the door, doc, knocking on doors, going to businesses, out in the high streets, like fucking anywhere you can think of. We're trying to go out there and do all that stuff. But the reason why I've got him on today is actually not for sales. He actually works for a studio in, in Sydney and it's not a gym studio. It's called Spectre Studios where they actually, it's a virtual reality company where they build games, previews for movies, motion capture, which has a lot of application that we can use over to the fitness, which is what I want to talk about. Plus, fun fact, he was actually in Star Wars as a sword double as Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith, which is super interesting. So I want to know more about that. Mick, welcome. Jimmy, awesome to be here, mate. Thank you very much. Mate, well, uh, let's talk about, uh, that's, obviously, we've met each other. We, we've done the sales stuff back in the we've- day. That's boring compared to the Star Wars thing. Tell me about that. Sure. Okay. So probably back 2003, uh, I was involved in a company which would, we we would design fight choreography and we would train actors predominantly in theater and and, and for the opera. Um, So the idea idea behind that was that for the most time actors can't fight um, and we would give them really simple choreography that they could do, which would keep them super safe and that they could do night after night after night in terms of a long production run. So uh, one of the guys I was working with um, got, got a call about coming in to do work on Star Wars, the um, Attack of the Clones, um, to double for Christopher Lee. Remember, uh, you know, Christopher Lee, he was Sauron in um, Lord of the Rings. He was Count oh, yeah, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Big tall guy. But again, he was in his... He was in his late 70s at the time and just not really not really healthy and they weren't sure how well he was going to do with uh, all of the fight scenes so they got a they got a double in for it um from there that was a that was a pretty big job and then from when revenge of the sith came around they decided they were going to make palpatine fight a lot um who'd never he'd never fought before so palpatine was like the uh the emperor you said he's, he's the emperor right so he's the most evil guy in the galaxy he had uh, he had two main sort of fight sequences. One was like killing uh, Mace Windu um, by Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, and then the other fight was against Yoda. So two, basically the most badass uh, Jedi in the galaxy versus the most evil man in the galaxy. So we had this big fight sequence where we were sort of like throwing Senate pods and, 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 and stuff at each other. So I got my ass kicked by, by a midget in that. Um, <laughs> who... And Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Samuel Jackson. Well, I, know, I technically won that one. He did kick me in the face. Um, but yeah, thanks to Anakin Skywalker, I managed to win that that fight, and we we we, we knocked off. Because this time around, you were a bad motherfucker. Exactly, <laughs> not him. <laughs> fun, fun fact: He does have uh, BMF, uh, sort of like engraved on the side of his lightsaber. That's his special bad. What? Oh, yeah. dude, that's just made my day. That's yeah, just made yeah. my day. 
Um, so obviously that's what how you got to that. And before that, this is why you know why I've got him on here, got Mick on here today, guys, is uh, to talk about that and that then transition into the VR company, which has got some great application. Because I want Mick to elaborate a little bit more about what they're currently doing. Because it's not just video games and stuff. It's a lot to do with like athletes' performance. That we've got a lot of stuff, but also, which I'm really interested to hear about, is your thoughts on how the application over into the general population fitness um, clients, which sure. I think is going to be, you know, if you want to stay ahead of the curve, it's always good to not keep your finger on the pulse and knowing what's coming up ahead and how we can apply these different things. Um, yeah. So, that I'd like to hear your thoughts on all that. Sure. So, so it's, it's tricky for us because, you know, you say people's impression of what virtual reality is, is, is pretty, is pretty varied. So for me, um, I think zombies and fucking blowing up shit. Like, uh, that, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty close. I mean, probably if, if you've ever played around with it, most people have seen it, like the Google cardboard things where you'd stick a phone in to a little set of goggles. You're sort of looking around this sort of thing. You're like, it's basically being on the inside of a photo and it's, you know, it's not really that, not really that fun. So it's, we we deal with 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 fully immersive environments. So you you literally you put a headset on and you can walk around environments. You can interact with walls and touch things. And things can come at you. Or you can fly or all all sorts of stuff like that. Now, um, the tying it back into the film industry. So then our guys have come. We've all come from pretty much a film background. Um, we have whoever guys have been either either DOPs or they've been animators and, and, and visual effects guys or they've been directors of, of feature films. So we sort of come from a, a background of telling stories and, and, and creating emotions and creating situations that really engage people. That's what we try and do. Now, a lot of guys in the VR space are usually pretty techie, like they're really good programmers, but they don't necessarily understand the story and the visual side of things. So that's mm. we've got a nice balance of both of those skill sets. So one of the things that we've we obviously we started doing was we were doing a lot of animation and, and, and sort of drawing of bodies and aliens and, and things like that it's like all right this takes so long and it's such a, a slow way of trying to draw how someone moves so we moved into a lot of different motion capture stuff so motion capture if you, get, if you haven't seen it you put, a, you put a little suit on um there's trackers along your, your arms and your wrists. yeah i've seen all that stuff where they look like uh yeah it's just like the green screen behind them or whatever and they have the suit on and then they can make them look like whatever Absolutely. So, I mean, for us, for us, we we could capture someone's body, and then we could rig an animated character to that body and save a whole lot of animation time. Right. So, if we've drawn a zombie up, and we've made arms and legs and things like that, we could then layer that over the top of a motion captured uh, character, and we don't have to animate. All of a sudden, you know, that put, the actor does the movements, and the zombie then character then moves in real space. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and we're talking about saving you know months and months worth of an animator's time versus you know just doing that, which we can have that done in a week. Yeah, okay. right. So it gives us a lot of, uh, particularly for for filmmaking, is that everyone wants to be able to see what it's going to look like before we actually shoot it. So you've got movies like The Lion King now. Um, we did some work on uh, the latest X Men movie, Dark Phoenix, where we would actually previs out all the stunt sequences. Yeah, right using a combination of animation and, and motion capture so they knew exactly what all the stunt sequences were going to look like before they actually went off to shoot them. So it's got us thinking around uh, AI now as well. Um, have you seen any of the deep fake stuff, like where they put someone's, someone else's face on someone else's head in a, in a, in a movie sequence? No. No? Okay. There's some, there's some cool ones out there. I mean, the, the most famous one was um, 
Jordan Peele did uh, Barack Obama. So he put his own, he put Barack Obama's head on his own head and did this speech as the, and did his Barack Obama impression. Oh, right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's I was a, thinking Total Recall when the face opens up, <laughs> like old school Arnold Schwarzenegger. Look, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. And it's, they're called deep fakes because you, you, you really can't see the difference. And, and all it is is that they'll get as much footage as they can find of an actor's face and they'll feed it into this computer and then they'll map that face over somebody else's um, head. I'm just trying to think of some good examples. I mean, there's one at the moment with, um, with Jim Carrey being in The Shining. Um, oh, yeah. There's another one. There's, there's, a, there's a YouTube that channel. This is part two of what's just been released or whatever. It's, it's not called The Shining. It's called something else. Uh, this, this is just people doing it as like as little as this is not anything professional. This is just oh. making it. There's a there's a YouTube channel called Corridor Digital. They've done a batch of deep facts. They've done a Tom Cruise one. They did a they did a one where they it was like John Wick um, stops a uh, stops a robbery in a Seven Eleven, and they basically just filmed this little sequence. And and, and Keanu Reeves they're like, "Stop, bro! I'll I'll give you the keys to my car. Just like you know, be nice to everybody." And the guy's like, "Oh, really? You would give me a car?" And like decides he's not going to actually rob the Seven Eleven. Then then he does something. Then John Wick just breaks his neck and everything. That's it's, it's quite <laughs> so we're so we're sort of looking at like, could you use this motion capture and could you use AI to then sort of predict human movement? Could you use things like pose estimation and you know to detect fatigue in athletes? And so this is like I remember just before you hit record, you were talking specifically about like UFC guys. So like they could literally this is yeah. blows my mind how like this is game changing. You could literally practice sparring against the guy you're going to fight because you can put in all the data and information about yep. how this guy trains, how he moves and how he fatigues and everything. And you yep. can literally like train like that, which is amazing. This is the thing. So I mean, all you're doing is you're trying to teach a computer how someone moves. Okay. So that's, that's, that's bottom line. So the more footage you have on that person, the more information you can, you can feed it. And then the more it'll, it'll start to figure stuff out. Um, so yeah, we're really interested in what can possibly be done with this kind of uh, technology down the track. Because you know, UFC fighters they'll they'll get sparring partners in. They're like, all right, so this guy he uses his left hand like this, and he sort of he's got this really boppy step. So they'll try and get people to imitate, you know, opponents, and that's that's how you train for for, for these scenarios. But what if you were using data from the actual opponent that you might be fighting? Like how much, game changer? How much difference would that make to you know to, to you know to see how they actually you know shuffle their shoulder or how, or any sort of little quirks that they do before they throw a punch? It means you can see something like half a second quicker and be able to react to it. And you know, top level. I mean, top level athletes in any sport. I mean, it's not like, you're not going to be ten percent better than everyone. You're going to be literally like half a percent and eight percent. So that's all it needs. That's all you need to win between that and getting knocked the hell out. Exactly. So, yeah. um, you know, there's also, uh, you know, training and, and fatigue and, and, and trying to spot if people are overtraining, like what happens to your body when, you know, when things are starting to shut down or when you're sort of at that end part of your gas tank, you know, I think I don't know if you should say much more about this than I would, but, you know, trying to take people to their, uh, you know, to their edge without pushing them over as much as possible as against where you're going to get sort of the most growth without the, without the damage kind of thing. Yeah. So like um, what other sports could they, like, I know I saw we we're quickly talking about rugby or something like, like how would it, it apply? Cause I can, I, I can understand the one-on-one thing with a, with a, yeah. with a, can you see, okay, I've got sun kind of coming across my camera. Is this? Yeah, that's all right. Just do the yeah. little shimmy side shimmy. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
like there's no there's no limit to how many bodies that could be tracked in space. Got it. Um, we did a test thing the other week for a basketball um, game, so tracking the basketball and then four players. It was just a test. Um, so you could literally get like the the five players on a basketball team, how they all move, and then you could practice against that. Yeah. Oh and my god. Okay. And now I know you've probably got heaps more to tell me about it, but. I'm going to address the question that's probably on people's minds. They're like, oh, this is great, but like, isn't that fucking expensive? Like, where, like, or is it not accessible? Like, what's all that about? Um, look, it's just say that the technology is, is, is very new. It's very cutting edge. So that's all that means is that there's got to be people out there who take the risk to, to go first and to experiment and to try things with this. So um, we're talking with, you know, we're talking with a few different companies about what we can potentially achieve and, it is expensive at the moment and it is new. So we're looking at companies who want to sort of break ground and, and try interesting stuff. Yeah. But like anything, it's always more expensive at the start. And then as it becomes more popular, more used, they can bring costs down. And yeah. until people see the benefit, especially is, is when, is when it'll be interesting to see how things change. Now I'm interested. And again, if there's any, if there's anyone out there in your audience who, who, who wants to potentially play around with this is like, you know, we can take these suits really easily and we could look at, um, the body mechanics of yoga or the body mechanics of a deadlift or, you know, again, if you wanted to really train, I really wanted to demonstrate how all these mechanics work. Um, like right now we could, we could, we could make the, the world's best, you know, deadlift instructional and actually show the spine alignment and all the legs and how things work and, and, and what you should be matching yourself to. And maybe even put something that, not even like a paint by numbers, but if you know you're in VR and, you, and then you're lifting the weight, that you actually your movement stays in time or tempo with a guide body or something like that. Yeah. So there's lots of interesting. And again, part of the and like assessment tools, uh, I think would be would be number one. Like I'm thinking, this could almost be like the future of online coaching because if there's a lot of people yeah. that like to do online, um, is just say you're I don't know, you got a client on the opposite side of the country. Yeah. They could go do a day of VR, like movement screening tests or whatever. Like if there's a VR place they can go to and then, uh, then that data can just get shipped over to the coach and then yeah. boom, they can like then prescribe all the rehab, all the prehab, all the actual strength based stuff and conditioning based off all that, I think, which would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. I mean, forget having to go to a studio. We're talking like literally putting on a bodysuit and having some, some input into a computer, whether or not that's, that's over the, over the web or into something capturing into something locally and coach just goes, all right, give me, give me five burpees. Okay. Show me your sit up, show me, you know, touch your toes, like whatever, whatever you guys do in an assessment sort of process. Yeah. And coach would then have a, 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 a skeletal, you know, breakdown of all of those different movements and, you know, again, there'd be ways of tying in, you know, if you're lifting a certain weight, how is your body performing under that, under that stress and, and lots of things like that. So that's amazing. So what I, from what I get in there is what could be possible is like every studio could have one of these suits and they go, come on in, do your a suit assessment yeah. and then they get it all there. And then there could even, which I'm just even like just brainstorming now, there could yeah. even be like then, okay, that data gets put into a program in the gym or in a, into somewhere on a computer and then mm. the computer does all these automatic assessments and then spits out the prescription of what needs to be done for their training program. Yep. Absolutely. Which could, along obviously with other health and other input that they put in. Um, mm. But I, like, I can't see why that wouldn't be because we've got body fat scanners, which were like 
10, 15 years ago when like if you could go get a proper in like um, the in-body scanners or whatever now. The, the, the DEXA ones? or like Yeah, the, the one below that. You've got the ones where it's a bioimpedance ones where you stand on it with your hands and your feet and it gives you like all your, okay. gives your body fat and everything. Um, yep. But a lot of gyms have them in their studios now where 10 years, 15 years ago, that was more of like a medical device that was like unattainable. Mm. So, I mean, I, I, those things would give you, they would, they would give you like dimensions, they would give you sort of like body fat percentages, they give you all that sort of stuff. So this is exactly the same as what we we're talking about before with animated character, then putting that over the top of a rigged skeleton, which is the, which is the, 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 the capture of the body. Like you can, you know, you can recreate someone's data. Like you can create a, you know, a, a visual representation, which is pretty damn accurate of the person, including a whole lot of metrics around their, around their heart rate, around their breathing metrics, around their body fat percentage, mm. like that. Like, what could you then do with that information? And, and could you use that to track progress? Could you use that to build training plans that are like super unique? Um, again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I, I love fitness data. Like, I find it really helpful for my own sort of training. Just Because I remember you, you and me talking a little while back saying you're heaps into your breath work because you do yep. BJJ yourself and that helps. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to say, so I mean, I, I but I, I can't, I, I need to have an understanding of where I'm at so I can know where I'm, where I'm going. Um, you know, like a, like a bad plan is always going to be better than, better than no plan. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and for trainers, again, and, and, and your audience, it's like, I don't know how science based people want to get, but I, mean, I think. Well, that's a lot. There are a lot of people in the industry which were, uh, the term in the fitness industry is called um, evidence based, yep. which is where it's not just like thrown around willy nilly, like nutrition approaches are evidence based. Like, don't, that's just not just go off the latest fad or trend. Sure. Um, so, and science based as well, um, which they sort of same, same. Sure. I mean, for, for me, I, again, this is sort of, you, you know the industry better than I would, but it's like, you know, there's there's fundamentals that are going to be applicable for for everybody, but then there's a then there's a big sort of extra twenty percent, which is all really needs to be customized to the individual, and it comes down to diet and lifestyle and what your goals are and what your body actually is is made up of. Is that you know that really takes someone looking at your particular situation, going, okay, well you need to work on this. This is going to be deliver you the most benefit. So. I think there's some really interesting. Look, it'll start with professional sport probably before it, it, it comes into the into the mainstream, into the into the you know into people's homes. But um, you know, I, I can tell you now, there's a lot. A lot of the big sports teams are looking at this stuff. Um, you know, again, we're, we're having some very early sort of conversations around some of the different um, fight organisations, and you know, hopefully they can they can see some benefit and. and and, and try out some of this stuff because we're pretty interested to sort of see what we can do with it. Um, we're talking with a very, uh, well, I should just say it's, it's, it's not official, so I can't sort of say who it is, but very, very, <laughs> very, very, very famous boxer um, about a game concept, um, which would literally be capturing his movement from old tape. So we would oh, just cool. go back and, and get all of his old fights. Um, and he had several sort of, um, moves that he was famous for that we can then put into a game um, so you would actually box with this boxer in virtual reality and potentially some of his, his most famous opponents so you kind of like go through a, um, a story mode of his career and his highlights and lowlights and, and all that sort of stuff so we've got his blessing on the um, on, on the idea we just have to get the uh, the deal signed and we can um, yeah 
then push push guy. That's, <laughs> that's the plan. I could take another twelve months, so it's kind of hard to sort of not talk about. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's a keep it secrets in bottling it up is tough. Sucks. Yeah, but like the like my mind is just racing of all the potential opportunities of this, like how good it could be. Like there's a lot of people that do just general population, which is, you know, your mom, yep. your dad's, you know, or you, you know, your married couples or whatever um, that are just wanting to lose a couple of kilos, but all data, I think people love it though. So you think about it. I remember when I used to just, when I first started out, you sort of, you don't know what you really, what you're doing in terms of like, how people respond to things and the longer you're in the game the more people that you see the more consultations that you do the more clients that you have yeah the more that you understand of what drives people yeah um, and data and numbers and stuff people love to see progress like and if you can show them progress like health and fitness as a lot of you guys know is not just about dropping weight and you guys know that if a if we can then portray that to the general population, like, Hey, look, you know, your flexibility was the fucking shit house. <laughs> like basically yeah. this was your depth of a squat on the mechanic here. And you can see it with angles and proper numbers and percentages and stuff. Yeah. Now look at this here from all the stuff that we've done, you're way more flexible, which means that, you know, all these other health benefits that you've got because of that. Um, like coming down to putting, putting value on, on, on what you guys do. I mean, you, you know how commoditized, the personal training industry is and you know, everyone's sort of fighting over an hourly rate and all the rest of it. If you can remove yourself from that and just say, look, this is the value I provide. I, I, I bring, I bring flexibility and functional movement and health and, and all that stuff to my clients' lives. That's what I do. And that's why I charge what I charge, right? To be able to, to quantify that value, just to say, look, you know, six months ago, Mick, you always started working with me and look at you now. And, and, and here's the numbers. You can see the growth curve, you know, and, and obviously now you can match that data to how good you feel. Cause you feel pretty fucking awesome right now. Don't you? Like, yeah, yeah, I actually do. And that's, that then becomes stuff that you can, you know, it's just, you talk about, about adding, adding value to people's lives. I mean, a good trainer, you know, can't put, can't put a price to it, but you exactly. Have to. And listen to that so, guys. See, look at that. You can tell Mick's come from sales. He hasn't sales, sold fit. Exactly. He hasn't sold fitness to a single person, but he just fucking nailed that. <laughs> he just nailed it. Oh, I love it. I was getting a little hard on just hearing that then. <laughs> that was good. But that's what it, there's a little nugget in there, little golden nugget for anybody. I didn't catch it, but I'm going to recap that is if you are charging and looking at your stuff by its per session, you're fighting a losing battle to the bottom. Like nobody can win selling off the features of the things. Sure. What we're talking about here is this technology, which you might think is a feature, but the benefits that you get from that, the benefits and the results and the outcomes, that's the stuff that you need to talk about and focus on. And that's how you position and sell. And that's how you can actually sell longer term programs. So if you have a tool, like say like a VR tool, or even just, just use a body fat tool, for example. Just say you know that somebody is at 30% body fat. It's a male. He's 30%, which is quite high. Um, and he and he wants to get down to, you know, 15%, which is like, you know, anywhere between 15 and 20 is considered healthy, right? So he's not jacked. He's not ripped, but he's in good shape. Well, you know, okay, safely he can lose half a percent of body fat per week. Now, that's a 30-week or more membership so you got to sell him a 12-month membership because you know there's going to be ups and downs it's not going to be consistent and so this is what you do with this as well you would have this information you would have this 
uh, all this health markers, all these benefits. And you can, if you can map the future where people can see where they're going and what they're going to achieve, how they're going to feel, what their life is going to be like when they're 12 months down the track or however many months it is down the track, then that's how you can sell longer term memberships and actually be more valuable and be more useful to people. Just a mix got something here. I can see. I, I, just, just as you were saying it, I thought, okay, well, how do we, how do we sell, how do we sell the future value of this, of this training? Right. And it's, you know, we live in a world where I just you know, give me the pill. I want the, I want the results next week, but you know, the results are 12 months down the track. So I get you in the suit. We we take the we take the scan of your of your mechanics. We put you in the body fat thing, and we we look at where you are now. So what if the what if the program we just say, all right, look, you're at thirty percent body fat. We can see it on the, on the data here. Let's just see what you're going to look like if we dial it down to fifteen. Oh, you see, so you, you could actually do that with VI. Show them what they would look like. I think there'd be no. There'd have to be a way you could you could program it to increase a muscle mass, decrease a body fat percentage. Something oh like that. my god, that would be sensational. So let's fast forward your body twelve months down the track. So you want to look. This is what this is what you look like. This is not me blowing smoke up your ass. This is roughly what you look like if you put it in this mm. work. And I'm just. This is just an idea. I don't know if this thing exists, but. Make that Mick and you'll be uh, selling, they'll be selling like hotcakes. Trust me. Um, because that's what we call like what I used to do with my PT business is called uh, selling to goal. So I'd have a yeah. chart of all the like, different people. So all different people, but they're all at different body fats mm. uh, and uh, try to keep it roughly the same sort of height of the person or whatever that I could, but I could show them. I'm like, okay, you're at this much percent. You're at 30%. Where on this scale, which physique appeals to you the most? Which one do you want to be at? And it would yeah, start yeah. at 30%, and it would, it would go descending, like 25, then yep. to 20, then to 15, and so on. Yeah. And you could see the spots where they're at, and they're like, oh, I like that 12% guy. And you're like, okay, well, 12%, this is how long it's going to take you to get there. Did you, did you find it was sort of a way of, of, of getting people to really commit as well? Because they're okay, so look, I want to have 12% guy. Okay, well, that's going to take three sessions a week and a serious change in diet like are you prepared to do that yeah. like and maybe not right you can sort of gauge how serious they actually are is that helpful in that process it, yeah it helps that as well because then you'd be like you know what would your life be like you just use something like this yeah. i know we're talking sales now which is fun but uh, no, no, we go, uh if someone you sit there and you always give contrast you go okay look let's just say you walk out of here and you do nothing and you carry on the way that you're going where do you think you're going to be 12 months from now on this scale where do you think you're going to be you think you're going to be at 30% still or maybe even more and then you point to the bigger guy yeah, and then you go and they go, yeah. And then you go, okay, how would that make you feel being like that? What, yeah. would, that, what would your life be like, you know, like that? And they'll be like, I feel shit. I'd feel like this because you bring the emotional side. And then you do the opposite. You go, okay. Or you could take the hmm. other way because you're at the fork in the road. You go one way or you go the other way, which is where yeah. you sign here today. We get you started with your program. We get you started on Monday and you're actually on track to hit your goal of, you know, being a 12%, having your shirt off at the beach, doing this, doing that, feeling great, blah, 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 blah. How does that now? The only thing I can't do is make the decision for you. Which one is A or B? And then they take, they obviously (laughs) B is the the one. Yeah, cool. And you hand them a pen and you say, sign here. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying with that visualization, I mean, does that, does that help you? Does it add one extra thing to, to sort of cement that commitment or is it a distraction? I mean, again, like people have to make the decision themselves. At the end of the day, like you can't take responsibility for their health. They're, they're the ones who've got to, mm. ones who have to do it. But yeah, it's interesting. Just, uh, just as a, as a, as a random idea, I should probably 
Yeah. Probably go talk to the programmers and just see how hard that yeah. is. So Mick's going to go into the lab straight after this, boys and girls. You're going to see that. <laughs> yeah. But I know you briefly did uh, sort of make a little mention just there before, but you're based in Sydney. Whereabouts in Sydney? Uh, we're at Fox Studios. So oh, you're in uh, uh, like in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, so we're so we say we're part of a there's, a there's a large sound stage where they do a lot of scoring for, for, for films and stuff. So we've got a little studio upstairs. Um, we're a team of I think about eight at this point with a couple of couple of freelancers. So we're we're growing, um, trying to yeah, doing a lot of smaller project jobs. We want to try and get some bigger long term stuff just to sort of keep a certain section of the team busy, and then we can start to invest more into. R&D and just trying to figure out cool stuff because right now as a, as a business where you've got to take pretty much whatever that comes in through the door as uh, of course as, yeah. as we can. You're a business at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We're doing some really cool stuff at the moment with, um, with medical simulations. So this is training um, ambulance and paramedic guys on uh, mass casualty scenarios. So that's, um, that's cool as well because like CPR, first aid sort of stuff. All that sort of stuff, yeah. I mean, this is the, the you know, AMBOs, police, fire brigades, they're all into scenario-based training. So, you know, if they're not working, they're training. That's that's the way they live. Um, you know, police are doing arrest drills or they're doing de-escalation stuff. The fires are climbing up ladders or running hoses and putting out fires in the AMBOs are literally just, you know, they, they'll do all sorts of different triage drills and they'll normally get either one of their guys and bloody them up or they'll hire a batch of uni students and, you know, literally like turn a car over and just say, look, hey, this car's gone through six people. What are you going to do? So the problem with all that stuff is that it's expensive. It takes a lot of time. Um, and you know, and for, to try and train five or six people, you've got to then reset this thing up. So it takes, it takes a whole lot of people out of the day for out for the whole day. So what we're building for the, for the paramedics at the moment is these like serious disaster type things that are, that are really difficult to do, like car crashes or plane crashes, things like that. Um, and say, all right, look, here's 15 people to save, right? Go through, do your triage drills, go through, demonstrate that you understand your process. Um, you know, and, and just, you can run through that drill 20 times. Right? And it's just one yeah. person like in the a, like a, I'm thinking it's kind of like a flight simulator. They don't need to get up in the plane. They can just sit in the thing exactly and then they just hit reset and go again. Yeah. So there's, that's for you say the plane simulator. So we were out at, um, at uh, helicopter rescue um, a couple of months ago. So they've got a multi, multi million dollar helicopter simulator for the pilots. Right. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that you know, moves and it's like this big, you know, like something you'd see at Dreamworld. Absolutely. Right. So their, their pilots are in their training you know, day after day after day to be the best pilots. They can. And those guys are insane, like what they can actually do with a helicopter. Now for the guys that hang out the window, they've got this little winch thing set up about six foot off the ground and they go, and they pull them up. They're like, okay, could we put VR goggles on somebody and then just hang them outside and then simulate the, you know, the, the lowering of someone like a hundred meters, like they're going to have to be, you know, or sorry, 100 feet, I should say, you know, like they're going to be dropped and then put them in the, next to the Blue Mountains and on, a, on the side of a cliff as they're going to actually be dropped. We're like, yep. Can, we can oh, cool. So it's all this sort of stuff that's really, really hard to simulate that's not going to be, you know, and they paid, I don't know how many million dollars they did for the big simulator and we'll do something for their guys that, you know, to do the hard work out, outside you know, on, the, on the winch, you know, for the guys also to be controlling them up and to be bringing the, the stretches into the helicopter. There's a whole lot of mechanics and safety stuff to that. Um, 
you know, what happens when you've, do you see that thing with a, with a girl was being winched up into the helicopter and the, and the, Oh, spinning like crazy. Spinning yeah. like crazy. And we're like, how did, how did that happen? He's like, sometimes that stuff just happens, you know, big gusts of wind. You can't, you know, you can't predict it. You know, that was hectic. It that was, was insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so how do you train for that? How do you get the guy? What, what are they supposed to do? It's like, there's not a lot you can do uh, unless you've got someone with a guide rope on the ground, which is what, New South Wales, they train in New South Wales that as the, as the bed goes up, someone has a guide rep so they don't spin around. That's what they do. So, you know. Far out. And did you mention somewhere earlier that there was, um, that you're interested to speak to a few gym owners or fitness guys about potential? Uh, or look, I'd like, yeah. I mean, let's just say we, we, we'd love the ideas. Um, again, like if someone's listening to this and they're just like, wow, actually I've got something that's really cool. Yeah. I oh, look, I'm, 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 I'm curious to sort of, to talk to anyone about it. Like, again, if you've got, if you've got an in with a professional team or league or something like that, and we can sort of sell the concept for them, as something to buy, it's probably the quickest way to, to market because a lot of this is still very experimental. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of gym owners obviously being in that space that have connections with athletes because they either train them at one-on-one coaching or yep. they were in that field and now transitioned away. Um, yep. So there's a lot of, you know, I know a lot of rugby, a lot of fighters, like BJJ, MMA, all that sort of stuff. Yep. That guys now that are gym owners, um, rugby, all that stuff, right? So if there is somebody, I'm, Guessing they can reach out. To, what's the what's the best place to reach out to her, at least just inquire? Uh, just say contacting me directly. Sales at spectrestudios.com.au. Um, Spectre S P E C T R E R E. Yep. Studios. Um, so sales at spectrestudios.com.com.au. Okay, sales at spectrestudios.com.au. .au, yeah. You can find us on Facebook as well. Um, I'm trying to get an Instagram off the ground slowly but surely. Uh, and I've got a website revamp happening at the moment uh, as well, which is spectrestudios.com.au. Look, re- reach out. I'm, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to talk to anyone. Most of the time, it's case, let's see, let's show you what we can do and, and, and what's already out there. And if you've got concepts and, and things you want to sort of explore, then look, we're, we're, we're more than happy to sort of look at, at ideas and, and, and look at, at producing ideas. But look, it's got, to, it's got to come from the industry um, at the end of the day. The, um, the medical training, we're working with some of the best trainer guys in their field. And they've been, we've learned so much about that industry and about the way those guys train just from just from talking with those guys so for any of these things uh like this this is cutting edge technology so it's it's come out with an open mind and let's let's research and build something um you should probably have your market in in mind for the for the end user as well um just so the idea is clearer but yeah happy to talk with anyone awesome because like technology is becoming part of what we do like even if you just think like from basics to like the fitbit where it's tracking steps like now that sort of technology is built into your phone or your iWatch or whatever and now they've got the um the heart rate monitors in a lot of gyms with the screens so when people are training they've got different zones of heart rates to try and achieve and now we've got the uh you know you've got the body fat scans like like that we're talking about like technology is becoming part of just tools to be ours. I don't think it's going to completely take over and everyone's going to just be running around lifting imaginary weights. Like you still got to lift the weights, you still got to do the push-ups. You still got to still got to do the stuff. But I think it's just all extra tools that we can use to provide a better service and, and be of use to people, be helpful to people and actually provide good outcomes for, for what people actually want. 
but, but if I can see my outcome happening, I'm going to be so much happier with, 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 with A, the service I'm getting and, and, and B, the work that I'm doing. Like I can be, you know, I can be proud of myself if, I mean, again, I, I, I track a whole lot of different stuff for, for, for myself, obviously how many workouts and what I'm doing and all the rest of it. And that's just me being accountable to myself. But, you know, if I can also, like I've, I've never really delved into the, like, is my body fat percentage going up or down or anything like that? I mean, I'll, my best guess is the mirror. And if it's, if it looks okay, then, it, then, I'll, then I'm sort of keeping on doing what I'm doing. But I could probably be much more effective in my training if I went that extra step and got extra numbers and, and, and things like that. So, you know, I, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think, I think data helps you, it helps you be accountable, but it also helps you, you know, know that you're on the right track and as, or as a trainer to be able to say, look, you are on the right track and you can see the results in real time. Yeah, I think that's amazing, mate. Mick, this has been awesome. This has been so cool. Different, obviously, again, for everybody listening in, but we've had a little uh, fl- a sprinklings of sales in there, but also just like, this is basically just like looking into what's the potential of the future of what could be for the fitness industry, which I think is super exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I always like to finish these things off, Mick, with uh, with a couple of just a little rapid fire. I couldn't remember what the other ones were, so I've, I've pretty much got these ones. I think I've got one uh, run uh, wild card one in here, but I'm just going to okay. quickly rapid fire them off. Number sure. one, something that you can't live without. <sighs> it's it's uh, okay. It's, look, I've got so many things on my phone that I I need on a daily basis. It's probably my damn phone at the moment. I like to try and have a day without it but there's too many things on there at the moment that make my life easy so like that's the fine it's like what elon Musk said you're a cybernetic organism i i am if i could put things into my wrist and, and just sort of like you know <laughs> reduce the clutter i probably would but <laughs> trying, trying to think of something else that would be no, that's good next yeah. one number two favorite book that you're that you've read can be yep. like can be a business could be like for fun or whatever or okay. book that you're currently reading um okay i i have a favorite book that i keep coming back to like anytime i just need to pick me up i i, I get back to it um it's called rebel without a crew Ooh. um which is robert rodriguez the film director um so he did desperado el mariachi from dust till dawn um and he just did the alita battle angel which has a ton of virtual reality production stuff that that uh that we're sort of getting into so this was basically the story of him getting his getting his feature film made which was el mariachi for seven thousand dollars oh wow it's basically just him and his best mate going to mexico getting a whole lot of friends rent like just borrowing guns and blanks and and just doing everything themselves (laughs) and then going to hollywood and trying to sell it um and they had this idea, like, oh, we'll sell it to a, to a Mexican um, film distribution company because they'll pay 30 grand for it. That's what they, because all their movies are shit. And then he's going around, he's shopping around all these different places. And then like sooner or later, someone's like, how much did you make this for? What was your budget? And he's like, seven grand. He's like, what? No one makes a movie for seven grand. So it just became famous for being the most cheapest movie ever made. Yeah, and then, right. And he's on Letterman and then he gets agents. And then he gets all these things and he's like, oh, come on, we'll pick it up. And he ends up, you know, he ends up becoming famous out of this thing. But the, the, the bottom line of it is all about his work ethic as well, is that if you're creative and you understand technology just a little bit, you can, you can be dangerous. You can solve all your problems. Mm. Right? So you, don't, you don't need to throw money at a problem to make it go away. There's always a way around it if you're prepared to work hard enough. I and like that. So that's called Rebel Without a Crew. Without a Crew, yeah. So he's, he's literally, and he, he's on the front cover and he's, you know, he doesn't have a camera crew. It's just got him, right? So he's, everything is handheld. 
he didn't have enough film to do more than one take. So if the first take fucked up, he had to like, he just flip it around and do the other thing or he'd cut away to a dog who would just be, you know, crawling around. So it's this really weird edited movie and all of this stuff is super, um, so like super gorilla. It's like really, it's really rough, but it's really good. So you've seen Sin City or those movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's his style. Is that him? Yeah, that's him. And he's, he does a lot of green screen. Sin City is a great right film. Yeah, he does a lot, a lot of good stuff. It's you know, it's, it's it's violent, but it's also super quick. So he says like actors just like working with them because they're not just sitting around for sixteen hours a day doing nothing. They're like literally like they just get in there, act, 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 act. Then he takes them home and makes some pizzas and things like that. And then they fly home. They're like, oh, this is the greatest movie I've ever worked on, right? <laughs> cool. So, Rebel yeah. without a crew. Number three, favorite dad joke. <laughs> um, okay. I don't, I don't know if it qualifies as a dad joke, but um, what's the difference between a, uh, a, a accordion and a trampoline? What? You take your shoes off to jump on a trampoline. Because <laughs> it's through a little period of like, I, I just hate, hate the piano accordion. So it's just like any jokes about them being destroyed is, is <laughs> I find quite funny. Oh, that's just right up my alley. Yeah. And uh, what's your favorite of all time TV series? time tv series um as a fight guy as a sword guy um i used to love highlander even though it was a really bad tv series um old school a team where the you know the cars would always flip over and they do the same pipe roll um thing yeah every single time. always enjoyed um i uh, just finished watching the second series of happy on netflix have you seen happy no nah, i've heard this a couple of people told me about it now though yeah dark and and very very funny oh wait who's the female lead actress in that um is she like uh sarah not sarah Mar- yeah the chick from forgetting sarah marshall no no i think we think about someone different happy no. happy's um the it's the guy from um c not csi oh, the S, S, svu law and order svu uh and uh, and an imaginary uh, donkey who helps him. So he's, he's got basically this hired hitman killer dude uh, ends up with an imaginary friend from his daughter. Um, who, his daughter gets kidnapped and he, and he inherits her imaginary friend. And he's like all about keeping the children happy and things like that. He's like, well, we have to go kill these people. And he's like, well, we could be nice. And like, <laughs> I'll have to check that out. That sounds it's funny. It's super dark and, and, and there's pedophilia and, and, and murder and, Oh, mafia and lots of blood. Oh no, Mick, he's dropped out. We're still alive. All right, I think <laughs> we're gonna have to wrap it up there, boys and girls. Uh, that was interesting. So that was Mick from Spectre Studios. Um, in Sydney. So you can go check him out. If you want to have a chat a bit more, like I said before, you can go see him sales at spectrestudios.com.au. And uh, also for me, if you want somebody to handle your marketing, help train your team on sales and help you implement all this stuff so you can get more clients, get, get more leads, get more clients, grow your brand and grow your business all at the same time while saving you, while saving you time, Go to iwantgymleads.com. You can go over there, have a look at the video recorded for you, and then schedule the time to speak with me where we can talk about doing all that stuff for you. 
This has been awesome. Peace. Love you all. I'll speak to you all soon.